Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about your inner child aura, what that is, what it means, how to tap into it as a way to cultivate joy and connect yourself to your authentic self and spirit. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, so I have to ask, you know, what was... My aura is, I don't know if I've ever even asked you that. I probably have asked you it, but I don't think I've got a detailed answer. Yeah. So what was my aura when I was a child? Yeah. So looking at your childhood picture, um, you're still blue and red, but you're mostly blue. And it's like a very kind of jumpy blue. It's hard to explain it. It, it looks like little waves or frequencies or something. I mean, they're still red, but there's a lot more blue. And what I would say is you were more confident in being a blue than you are now, which I'll see as kids because they have no reason yet because society and programming and whatever haven't affected them yet. Um, you have no reason to be ashamed of who you are and how you approach the world. So you're okay. more confident in your, in so, your empathic so what, approach. Okay. So what age would you say? Cause you've seen all of my childhood. Books. Yeah. So oh, what yes. age, what are we, I what have, age are we looking at here? This I've is seen like, the albums. You see the, <laughs> you see little Scotty when he was little baby. Right. And I've <laughs> seen teenager Scotty yeah, who sure. looks like Ralph Macchio. Yeah, I've Ralph seen. Macchio. <laughs> so what are you saying? Like three to like teenager? No, or? I would say like three to like eight or nine. Then after that, you start to shift oh, a little and okay. your blue gets kind of compartmentalized or or put to the side a bit, and you're a little more sharp in the red. So I feel like with you, that's when you started to gain awareness um, of that maybe your empathy was, you know, could be construed as a weakness. So you're definitely still a sensitive, empathic, nice person, but I feel like you are more forward or knee-jerk reaction with, like, your wit or your mouthiness or maybe, like, you know, your behavior okay. or, or whatnot. But I... I bet you were always doing it to uh, still your motivation was still to be empathic. So, huh? But you're saying that my red starts to to develop more even before like for even before high school. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You, you seem like you got you're sensitive to it. Like you didn't want other people to notice it. At some okay. point, you got the memo that being sensitive was stupid, weak, a waste of time. Um, judged as a character flaw, wow. you know, and, and taken advantage of. Okay. So at some point you got that memo. So you started leading with the red. Okay. And actually, and you, you kind of are like this to this day, but I bet you were more like this as a kid. If you saw other people being mistreated or whatever, or you, you felt like your blue was being touched or you're being sensitive in, in some way, I feel like you would go immediately to the red and then maybe make a comment or say something off-putting or get somebody where it hurts them. Mm -hmm. And I can see you using your empathy, especially if you didn't like somebody or you knew what they were doing to somebody else, like a bully, for example. You're like, oh, you're bullying that person? Well, I'm going to go straight to what I know through my blue, what your insecurity is, and I'm going to bring that out. And I don't care what you think about me as long as you stop picking on other people. So, like, you're real good at, like, bringing the bully down by saying the thing that they don't want to hear because yeah. you know it immediately because right. you're very – you're actually a very empathic person. Like, you read people really well. Oh, okay. Like, you know what people are sensitive about. Yeah. All right. And then would you – so, okay. So then basically through my childhood, you're saying I was mostly red yeah, after I, 10. Yeah. I can see you getting into trouble a lot for that. Yeah. I was, you know, class clown <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. Did, yeah. I wasn't the great – I wasn't a great student or anything by, by any means. <laughs> And then I guess that red stays a while, yeah. you know, and then I would say, you know, probably just the last four or five years, maybe even, is the blue start to creep back in again? Does it shift yeah, back Yeah, you've me? been tapping more into your inner child aura, which I talked about, and I'm going to talk about more coming up. The more spiritual work you do, the more you tap back into the way your aura is supposed to be or how you were born with it as, and you can't go backwards and nobody wants to, but I see with you, there's more confidence in that blue now. Okay. And then there's more of like a, 
um, a strength in it. So I see that, especially from doing the podcast and working with all the MMSF members and everything, I feel like you're more confident about saying, Hey, this is how I feel, or I'm not, I'm going to stay in my blue right now to talk about something instead of go to my red, you know? So I feel like you're again, more confident in your empathy and your sensitivity and your blue aura than you were in the past. Like you're not hiding it. All right, and, and that, okay, I, and I agree with that. And is that okay? And I guess my other question, if I'm going to look at it logically, yeah, instead of so much through the spiritual lens, does that is that something that just comes with age? Is that is that no, just, no, <laughs> no. Okay, no, okay. Oh my gosh, I oh. wish. Okay, you know, I think age can help if you let it. Yeah, I think age can help if you let it. But I see a lot of bitter older people. Okay, a lot of bitter older oh. people, and actually, they get more angry. And, and more closed off and more stuck in. And, and I think we've all met adults who act like really wounded, wounded, wounded children. Okay. And, and actually, you know, when you tap into your inner child aura, you're not immature at all. Um, you're very fulfilled and you're balanced and you're secure. Like when I read little kids, sometimes, especially when things are go- like they're the, mo- they're the ones that get it the most in the room. You know, because right. they're so balanced and they understand. And I'm going to talk about this. And they, they can take a gentle criticism and they want to learn things and they want to see something different and they want everyone, you know, to have conflict resolution and then get past it. You know, so that's what children are like. Okay. But adults who act like children, you yeah. know, you know what yeah. I mean? All right. So, I, all right, yeah. so then, I'm, then I'm doing something right, I guess. Yeah. So it's not just I'm aging into it. I think the more you work on yourself in any capacity, like here or therapy yeah. or whatever you're doing, the more you kind of tap into to who you are actually in a balanced way. But just doing so many readings, I keep seeing, and that's why I chose to do this episode, because I kept seeing the same Uh, message over and over again. It's like, Hey, you know, when people are like, I'm missing something or I feel stuck or I don't know what to do. It's like, you know, why don't you have this color in your aura anymore? And you had it as a kid time to tap back into that somehow time to start remembering that because that's the ticket to actually moving forward. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. All right. Look, we have, well, one more question before we go to a little break. So I know I've asked this many times, but you've never, (laughs) ever seen a different color. You've never seen a purple, yeah. yellow, okay. green in my aura. It's never been there. It's got your red and blue. Because I, you read so many people and you're always telling them like, oh, you're, you know, let's say you're purple, blue, but I've, you know, you have like little yellow sparkles or, you know, know, you're, you're green and purple, but you know, at one point you were blue. Right. You know, everyone always seems to have had that a third or fourth color at some point, but I've never had it. It's I know, always just been it, red and blue. I get what you're saying, because sometimes kids, they have, like, really cool or yeah. little turquoise mm. in there, a little pink, right, little yellow right. sparkles. And, and no, for me. It's just always been such straight... But not everybody. No, I know. And you're one of those, not I'm everybody. Just one of those. I, when I look at myself as a kid, I'm still the same. Right, so. but you you said you're purple indigo, but yeah. you said in the past that, like, sometimes you've seen... You were at yellow or wore yellow. Inauthentic when yeah, I was yeah. teaching. Like, yeah. if I look at... Actually, like, somebody gave me pictures from... 2004 and I was so inauthentic yellow. It's hard for me to even look at those photos. Yeah. And I, oh God, but that's different than a kid. Like, and they don't wear inauthentic colors. They just, okay. You just are. All no, right. you're red. And, so, and I've never worn it. So, and that would mean I've never wore an inauthentic color. I agree. I don't think you, I, and that makes sense for and you. It does, and that, I guess it does make sense because it's very <laughs> difficult for me not to be authentically myself. It might have gotten me in trouble yeah. at times as we're going to, I think you're going to tell a story when we come back yeah. about how my child aura, you know, did go off so well at some point, but all right. All right. Let's do those couple of ads and we'll come back with that story. Hey, Scotty. Hey guys. So how was your workout today? It, you know what? It was really good. I was pumping iron. I was doing my curls, my chest press, my oh, shoulder yeah. press. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means you probably took your scoop of athletic greens. Oh yeah, I took my scoop of AG one. <laughs> I, you know, you know, you gotta understand my dumbbell curls five pounds. Whoa, five. Usually I do two and a half pounds. Yeah, five pounds. <laughs> It's the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. And AG1 has been part of millions of mornings since 2010. I take AG1 in the morning, right before I have my coffee, and it makes me feel ready to take on the day. And it's the best thing, honestly, I do 
every morning in under a minute for myself. AG1 is delivered to me every month. So it's been super easy for me and Scott to make it our daily habit. I also get the single serving travel pack. So I never have to miss a day. I just mix the powder into ice cold water and drink it first thing in the morning. That's it. With AG1 taking good care of my body each day is really that simple. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash KYA. That's athleticgreens.com slash KYA. Check it out. Hey, Scotty, what's wrong? You know, there's this one show. I want to watch it. It's on a specific channel. It's the only show they have that's good. Everything yeah. else is terrible. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get it. I'm going to watch it. I'm never going to know how to get rid of it. Yeah. I'm going to be stuck there paying, you know, all this money every month for it. You know, solution for you. Okay. Rocket money. Okay. Okay. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just that one show you're talking about on, or that free trial that's never even been used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you, so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and rocket money will cancel it for you no more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth rocket money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button over 3 million people have used rocket money saving the average person up to $720 a year and what do you think about that Scott I think that sounds fantastic. All right. So we're going to stop throwing our money away. You can stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash KYA. That's rocketmoney.com slash KYA. Rocketmoney.com slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay. So we were just in a situation where your inner child aura totally came out. Right, right. So we got invited to um, our friend Casey's birthday, and it was at a lovely Japanese restaurant, but it's totally out of your comfort zone because, like, you know, you don't know how to use chopsticks, and, like, you like seafood, but you don't know what yeah, all I this mean, stuff I is. Actually, yeah, I love yeah. just kind of food. You're, like, ready for sushi. You're it like, just, all right. Yeah, yeah, well, it's just a place I just would never go. Right. I mean, other than this birthday party. Well, first, like, it's valet parking. Yeah, I mean, right no. off the bat. <laughs> Yeah. Like right away, we're like, it's also like kind of in a downtown area. It's a little fancy. You yeah, know what I mean? A little bit, a little bit. For us. Yes. You know. I did not wear one of my Norio Aura shirts. I actually put yes. on a, I think I wore a button down shirt. You right. Know, just look presentable. Yeah. So we, ca- we, we come in and, and, uh, you know, it's a lovely dinner party or whatever, but there was a very, it's like there was a very serious waiter. And then there's very inner child Scott. And I feel like you two didn't understand each other. Okay. And, okay. And, and and this is where our story begins. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the waiter had a green purple aura. If, if you've been listening to this, you might understand that that means he's a foodie. He's extremely professional about his job as a waiter. This restaurant has like a really nice reputation and stuff. So yep. he's like, yep. he's like really into the food and like their mission and what they do there. And, and he's probably also used to people that also understand all those things. Yeah. And then there's Scott, who's like trying to use a chopstick as a spear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I want to uh, right off the bat. I liked him right away. Yeah, I thought oh, he you was did. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, <laughs> things got lost in translation. The, the, right. first, the first thing that happened was he came over and he asked me, what do I want to drink? Well, you know, I was, I, you know, it threw me off. Right off the bat, it threw me off because I'm like, Wait a second. I like Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. I like Fireball. You like your Fireball, sir? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, I knew deep down they probably didn't have Fireball there, but I had to ask anyway. Right. And then he gave me, you know, like an answer of what was it like. And know? he's like, no, excuse me. We have, we have Japanese whiskey. Yeah. We no. have Japanese whiskey. Yeah, um, and you're like, and you made like a face like, yeah. a, like a six-year-old would make if you cut the crust off their toast wrong or something. You're like, right. no, like that. And then he's like, okay, I'll just bring you regular whiskey. All right, so he did. He did, yeah. I mean, he named some Japanese whiskey. I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. I'm like, you know, I can't risk that. Right, six-year-old face. You're like, So I'm like, (laughs) give me some whiskey. And he's like, make me, I think it was, I can't remember what, maybe Maker's Mark or something on on 
on ice. So he brought me that. Right. And it came out, and I was like, this is not good. Then it didn't taste good, and you were making all these faces. And then you were like, so come here, come here. And he comes over, and you're like, I, I don't like this. I, I don't like this it doesn't taste right and he's like um excuse me sir it's maker's mark and ice so like <laughs> basically like you know because you kind of the way that you asked you were like kind of like a connoisseur of whiskey you're like yeah. do you have any cinnamon whiskey do you have any fireball <laughs> sir you know and he's like it's yeah. just maker's mark and ice okay like obviously you don't know your whiskey and so we did bring you the japanese yes, he whiskey did. and now actually i'm gonna be honest that was really good and you were like yeah this is good this yeah. is nice right why didn't you just do that in the first place you know then but, right. part two, it was like family style. And like he, the waiter put it upon himself to kind of decide what the table wanted. Right. Because, you know, yeah, and, he and knew the, the menu really well. And here's the thing. There were other people there that had a lot of things like, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. You know, that I is won't true. Do that. And I was just like, bring everything. Yeah. Like I'll eat anything you put down. That is true. I had the octopus, I think. Was yeah. it octopus? I can't even remember. God, that was Whatever. So but awful. I had everything. The only problem yeah. was, and I'm eating everything and, and. I am thrown off a little bit because it is family style. Yeah. And, you know, normally, you know, I'm a social distancer by heart. That's yeah. why you know, I did so well in the COVID years. I, you know, I flourished. Uh, <laughs> everybody well, knows. Every time they put down a, a dish, you were like, is this just for me? <laughs> well, the dishes were very little. <laughs> and There's I'm only like, like no. a couple of things on and the I'm plate. Like, Scott, stop it. Everybody's supposed to share. Yeah, and that's and a, you're like taking your one chopstick and spearing the stuff off the plate. Well, they didn't give me a fork. They didn't yeah. give me a knife. I actually asked for a fork. Can I have a fork? They they brought me a spoon. They ignored you four times yeah, and then and brought then you a serving spoon. spoon. They brought me a spoon. A serving, you know. Spoon. So, so like, I got this one chopstick <laughs> that I'm just stabbing things with. I don't know how many things to stab. There's only like four things on the plate. I'm adding up. There's like six people at the table. Right. Do I take just one? Do I take half of one? I wanted two. I know. I was trying to get two. I know. But I just kept stabbing things. But so everything was great. The food was fantastic. So then I decided, you know, let me ask him about the chef. And apparently, you know, I'd watched these chef movies, like you said, about a Michelin chef. And, well, lately, yeah. you've been watching. Well, you, okay, so now I feel like you feel like you're one with the experience of the waiter. Because you you watched two movies, one on Netflix, it was with Bradley Cooper about a Michelin chef or something, yeah. and then one I forgot, on HBO but Max, but that was of satire. Yeah, it was they, really funny. They, like, ate, they all they, like died during the meal or something. Yeah, spoiler I, alert. I forgot. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so that we so Scott's like, oh. Um, and so you were like, excuse me, sir, um, uh, uh, can I meet the chef? Is the chef available tonight? And green purple waiters like, mm, you know, this this is, you know, he has uh, possibly a thousand restaurants across internationally. So, you know, no, he's not here tonight, is sir. <laughs> he comes once a year and there's a huge celebration. Like maybe then, you, you know, he'll be there. OK, like the yeah. guy was obviously I don't think he understood how genuine you were. I no, think I he thought you were just playing with yeah. them or just some idiot that rolled in or something. No, I really want his name was Akira Back, which is the name of the restaurant. Right. And I wanted to meet Akira Back. I'm like, you know, this is You're fantastic like, is food. Mr. Akira Back here. And then he went into like all his credentials right. and you know how I almost like how dare I ask if he'd be there. But yeah. He was <laughs> I thought maybe he was back there. It's too important to be there. You know, making okay. the tuna things that we ate or it's whatever. It's too important the, to be at his own restaurant the cooking. Tuna a tatar or whatever. A tatar. <laughs> well, I don't then know. Funny thing. You like this one thing. Yes. This one dish oh my came God, out. The best. The best. And you loved it. And you and the guy next to you, who's also red named Andrew, it, you guys were like, oh, this is really good. And you're like, I'm going to, you're the type, like, you're just going to ask for more. Yeah. You know, even yeah. though it's kind of like a dinner party. And you're like, hey, hey, can you bring me more of this uh, sea bass? <laughs> And he's like, that's black cod, sir. And you're like, yeah, yeah, more of the black, more of the sea bass. And he's well, like, I assure you, sir, that is black cod. Okay. And you were like, Andrew, this guy next to me, he said it's sea bass. So, and, and like the waiter's like, I assure, I thought he was going to lose well, it. I, he's okay. like, it is black cod. This is why I did that. One, because someone told me it was sea bass. Yeah, Andrew told you it was sea bass. Okay, number two. And Andrew's like, I didn't say that. When he didn't want to get in trouble with the waiter. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> when, I, when I was pointing at the plate, it was empty. Right. So there was nothing left on it. But I he had knew eaten what it was. everything. Right. So I just wanted to make sure 
he brought the sea bass, right. not the miso sushi. Or she, no, it was black it, cod or the black cod. I don't know. Whatever, it could have been something else too. It, yeah, miso. Some could have been miso. So, I don't know. I don't, know. Know. I don't fish eat that fish. Exist. By the way, I was just eating like green beans. Yeah, you ate so the green I was beans. Like, I'm so hungry. But by the way, I don't eat fish. I know Akira Black back did not make it himself because he wasn't there. But that was the best sea bass I've ever eaten, <laughs> which was a sea bass. I assure bass. you, sir, <laughs> it is miso black cod or something like that. Yes. So we go through this. The guy's like had it with you. Like yes, he's he mumbling. He's he's like green purpling out. He doesn't understand how somebody could come to this restaurant and know so little yet enjoy it so thoroughly. Yeah, that's the thing. I, like you didn't need education no. to enjoy it. No, I which, knew nothing about it. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, I, you know, I walked around the place like five times. I had to get up from the table. Oh, yeah. Long yeah. and. I was moving around. I, you're right. I'm back to my old. I'm like a kid. You're like a kid. You can't sit. Like, I can't sit. I'm you walking around, around. I'm walking around the whole restaurant, checking things out. Yeah. Looking it over. It, I was having the <laughs> great time. You came back from the bathrooms. I saw him in the bathroom. Too. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't tell me that part. Yeah. Well, the bathrooms are like unisex or something. Yeah, they're unisex. Yeah. So you were like, Megan, be careful back there. It's a unisex bathroom. You don't know. You might be in a stall next to. To man, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you were just like, because it's very like, you know, yeah. avant garde for you. Yeah, it you, was, everything yeah. was new. Yeah, for you, you're like, this is very interesting. I'm like, okay, but um, so yeah, so finally, I think this was the last straw, and also where you two could have became friends. I think I actually, I, I think we end. did. It was time for dessert, and yep. you said, um. You know, what's your coffee menu? And he's, I think he says something like, we have espresso. And yeah, they didn't said, have coffee. You're like, well, what's an espresso? Like at this point, you've asked him, oh, and I forgot this. You were asking him absolutely every detail about every dish. You're like, what's in this dish? What's in this dish? How's this dish? How's this prepared? You know, so I think by the espresso time, the guy like, I, I think it's top blue. Okay. Yeah. I, now, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Okay. I, I asked for the coffee. I thought that. They would have it. They didn't. It threw me off again. Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've ever had espresso <laughs> until that day. I didn't know what it was. Right. So, I, yes, I didn't want to feel stupid. So I don't want to ask him, what is espresso? So I said, how do you make the espresso? And, he's, and he just, yeah. He, he's like. He um, couldn't handle it. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I put it in. I take it out of the K-cup and I put it in the Keurig and I just press on, sir. And like he looked like he was gonna freaking lose it. Like he had had it with you. You're part of this like dinner party. You know. know what I mean? And then Andrew's there telling me like what espresso is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And Andrew's like asking me like, how do you take him out? Yeah, like, I, I, and I'm like, like I, I know. You, you don't know, understand. He just like, has a lot of questions. When I go to a restaurant, I order the same things. You know? Yeah. I order a cup of coffee. I don't like. You know, like. Everyone offers like cappuccinos and frappuccinos and all these things. I don't know what those things are. Yeah. I don't know what espresso is. I just get a coffee. But you had you had a lot of fun. It was yes, I had you a had lot, a lot of, fun. of fun. And I feel like it was out of your comfort zone. I will say ever since the sound bath, you've been willing to go out of your comfort zone more. I have yeah. to tell you that. Um and, and when you go out of your comfort zone, like you were having like a really good time. Like you were asking a lot of questions. You just also acted like an eight-year-old might at a Japanese restaurant. Right. That's what That's I all. Did. Like yeah. an eight-year-old boy might act the same exact way, like with the moving and the what's this and the hey. more food and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But it was funny yeah. and it was very entertaining. I, I think at the end we did come to understanding. You know, I knew he was green purple right from the start. Right. I knew his aura. Oh, you yeah. know, I you know. I mean, you guys even asked me at the table, what do you think his order is? I'm like, green, purple, and you confirmed I got oh, it right. 100%, yeah. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, I ate birthday cake with a chopstick. I yeah. stabbed it, so she did. put it on the end of my chopstick, and put it in my mouth. So there you go. Yeah, and I think I think he appreciated you at the end. I think he did. I got his number. <laughs> I told him to listen to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right, so there's your little inner child <laughs> horror story. All right, let's take a little break. Got a couple ads, and then you'll be back. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. Think minimalist meets luxury. Jenny Kane items are classic, comfortable, and California-inspired clothes from the cashmere or cotton knit sweater you're obsessed with to the flowy summer dress you never want to take off. With elevated everyday basics and wardrobe essentials, getting dressed is easier than ever before. When it comes to investing in an outfit that'll last, we choose Jenny Kane. For a limited time, our listeners get 15% off their entire 
entire order. You can go to jennycane.com and get the code, use the code KYA to get 15% off. I have the Jenny Kane cashmere cocoon cardigan and it's in black, but now I also want it in oatmeal because I wear it all the time. I can dr- I dress it up very easily. I love it because it's it's something that will never go out of style. It is an absolute classic. It's a staple for my closet. As I've gotten older, I don't like to spend money on things that are going to go out of style or aren't well made or aren't something that's going to last for years to come. I like to invest in my looks and her stuff is the first place you want to go to do that. Um, you have to go check out their site. It's the most aesthetically pleasing, minimalistic, California dream inspired stuff you'll see. It totally matches my vibe. She's got a lot of different things that'll match your vibe as well. So go find your forever pieces at jennykane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code KYA at checkout. That's 15% off your first order. Jenny Kane, J. E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code KYA, the brand go-to for all season staples. Treat yourself because you deserve it. We're supposed to go to the OBGYN once a year for our annual checkups, but checking in with our fertility isn't usually a thing until we're ready for kids and struggling to get pregnant. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age and other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results go deep into what every hormone means and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next step. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones for only $179. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA, you can get $20 off your test. Plus, you can get reimbursed for your test through your FSA HSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA, modernfertility.com slash KYA. This could be one of my most favorite things to talk about, and that is your inner child aura and how to find it. You know, doing all the readings I do, I've been able to get some specific tips from spirit, how to find that inner child aura of your own. And I'm going to talk about eight of those today. But first, what is this inner child aura thing? I'm sure you've heard about inner child, finding your inner child, (laughs) the you that you used to be, the you that's still in there, but society and programming and just life has kind of crushed a bit. And having a wounded inner child is something that I think a lot of us deal with. But I love looking at pictures of kids um, in my readings because just looking at their energies, looking at children's energies, their auras, it's very honest and it's very close to source. It's very much 5D, This is where we come from, and kids are closer to where we come from. You know, kids and old people, if you think about it, you know, those, it's a circle, and you catch them at the beginning of the loop or the end of the loop, but what happens is they get closer to the, to, to the beginning or the end, it's, there's a rawness there. There is kind of like a feeling of real, and there's a feeling of, a lightheartedness or a free-spiritedness that we lose in the middle of that pathway. So connecting to it is so important. So when I do readings, when I get to look at your picture as a kid, I just, I love it because I get to see you, you know, the real you, the eternal you. Um, And I love looking at pictures of your kids because the same thing. And, And I think 
like when I was teaching, I love teaching kids. You know, like that was the best part of the job being around kids. I taught middle school and, and even them because people will be like them. I'm like, yes, them. Like there's just something about children that whether they're grumpy or happy, they're real. They're authentic. They're just closer to that energy that we all strive to be at. So kids auras change a bit and it's, it really depends. So sometimes like when I look at pictures, I'm like, all right, like let's keep it around three years old. It doesn't mean you don't have an aura before three years old. It just means it's harder for me to see it. But I'll get like a vibe on a kid, just like we all do. It's like a personality vibe. Like you'll get them even, you know, infancy, one, two, three. But auras for me tend to mostly appear around the age of Three. And that, if you make, if you think about it, if you've been around kids, it kind of makes sense because that's when they start asserting their personality a lot more than before. (laughs) They start to kind of like, hey, wait a second, you know, this is my view. This is how I deal with things. This is who I am. Um, You know, kids are honest and they're magical and they're fun and they say what they mean and they don't worry about how other people are going to react to that. They can say no, no, no. They have no problem with that. They don't want to share. They don't share. They don't want to do something. They don't feel like they have like no worth. They're very in the moment. They don't feel bad about who they are. And that's actually how you're supposed to be. It's this 3D world that tells you and gives labels to you. Oh, you're mean for saying no, you know, to hugs from uncle whoever Or you're not nice if you don't share your toy with somebody. Or, you know, you putting up a boundary means that you're not a kind person. It's the world that tells you that. But honestly, where we come from and where we go to, how spirit kind of shines down during readings and comes through during readings is actually boundaries and saying no and being honest and not being controlled by how other people react to you from it, that's the kindest you can be because you're being kind to your own energy and yourself and allows you to do what you're supposed to do here with more ease. But we get taught from a very young age and we all do it. I've done it. I have kids. I do it. Be nice. Say sorry. Don't do that. I mean, there's a balance, right? Because we have to teach our people <laughs> to to exist in the world in a way that makes sense. And we have to teach our, our, our people to have empathy and we have to teach them to like, hey, there's other people's feelings and stuff like that. But there's another side to it where it depends. Like you have a choice. So when I talk about inner child auras, it's like it's not some blanket thing. Like you're mean if you say no to somebody, you know, and there's a, that's a blanket thing. It's more like, hey, think about who you're doing the thing you want to do for, why you're doing it, what your motivations are, and what the mutual exchange is here. That's where you're supposed to do. And then then go help and then be nice and then share and then do what you're going to do. So it's kind of like revisiting your childhood and reparenting yourself in a way. And this all happens when you connect with your inner child aura. So I think I'll just explain it best. <laughs> like I feel like we've all had this, this experience. So I'll just tell you one of mine. Over the summer, you know, I have two kids, 14 and um, eight, but over the summer they were seven and 13. And we went to this like local water park just in Florida, nothing fancy. And there's water slides at the beginning. And my, my little one was like, come on, mom, let's go. Come on. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like the only adult like walking up these, you know, you got, it's a water slide and it's high. So, you know, step on, you know, I'm sitting there with my tube and I'm on, you know, my bathing suit and I'm like, okay. And there's all these little kids everywhere, you know, and kids are kids and they're funny. And I'm, it's, it's weird because, you know, I I get so used to being an adult and I forget and I'm starting to get scared. I'm like, this is kind of high up. And wait a second, like all these little kids do it. No problem. They just get on the slide and they whoosh down. No problem. And I'm like, I'm getting nervous and I have my tube and I'm like, what do I do? And I think some, some little kids were noticing that I was getting nervous. And this like little boy, he's like, make sure you put your butt up when you're on the slide. I'll make sure nothing hurts, you know? And I'm like, okay, thanks. And, you know, all of a sudden, like I, they, they notice my vulnerability possibly. So they all kind of 
Oh, okay. And I got on their level. Like I, I went to the kids vibe. It was a long line. So I had a lot of time to do this. And by the time I was at the top, I had all these kids like, okay, come on, you could do it lady. I'm like the only adult up there. I'm like, okay. And I got stuck on the slide because I think I'm too heavy. And they were all like shouting over the railing, like scooch your butt, you know? And so I had so much fun I had so much fun because I was like little Megan again. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh my God, it's me again. And I reconnected to a lot of things that I am. Like I'm adventurous, but I'm also scared all the time. But I I work really hard at not letting that affect me. And I remember feeling that like as a kid, like I really wanted to do something, but I was scared, but I would would allow other people to help me to bolster my confidence. And, And I was doing that, you know? So I'm sure you've had an experience where you felt like a kid again. And there's just something so freeing about it. There's just something so lighthearted. There's just something so wholesome about that. And it really cuts through all these layers that are kind of just like accumulated and they're nonsense and just right to your core. So thinking about times when you felt like that, let's approach today's podcast. Um... You know, I'll see your aura colors as a kid, and sometimes they do change as you're an adult. And I've, you know, last week we talked about, uh, was that last week? I don't know, two weeks ago or something. We talked about trauma, so that can be part of it. I mean, societal programming can be part of it. So many things can be part of this. So it's not the worst thing if you're a different aura color than you were as a kid, but it's still worth something to connect to it. So I notice in people's spiritual awakenings, what tends to happen is I'll look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like that is like, you know, you're purple, but there's a little pink shining through. I feel like you've, have you been doing like some inner child work or something? And, and, you know, more, more often than not, they've been doing something and, and it's a symptom of a spiritual awakening to get some of the inner child you awakened and it's fun, but it's also you relearning about yourself. So you can kind of feel like a kid sometimes like unsure or I don't know, or just like, it can kind of, Like if you've been purple blue your whole life, but you were pink as a kid and you're awakening that pink, you're starting at like square one on the pink. So you might be going through some stuff in your spiritual development that's a little immature with quotes around it, but whatever. So meaning you might decide, you know, you might become a Disney adult, (laughs) something like that. And you're like, listen, I'm a Disney adult. It's just how I'm processing my inner child pink coming. And, you know, I'm just, you know, embrace it. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's stages and that's okay. My kid tells me I'm a Disney adult. So that's why I had to bring that up. Okay. Recapturing who you were as a child is fun and engaging. It helps you understand joy again. You know, sometimes it's like, be joyful. People tell you, it's like, well, flipping how I got bills and like relationships that aren't working out and a job I'm not really thrilled about and like responsibilities I don't want to do and I'm tired all the time. And like, how? Well, this is one way. I'm going to give you the eight ways, but this is, this is how this inner child work we're going to talk about. It connects you to spirit because honestly, kids are straight shots of spirit and your inner child aura straight shots of spirit. So it helps connect you to that. It gives you insight into what, what is important and what's not. So perspective gives you good perspective. Um, and it lets you know yourself because there's so much that the world told you that you are, that you may be like, wait a second, I don't think I'm that person, but everybody always told me I was that person, but maybe I'm not. I had a, I had a reading with a, a lady the other day and she's, she's a teacher and she was like indigo purple, but super indigo. But as a kid, she was indigo purple too, but the purple was coming out. Anyways, but I saw the yellow too, but it was like, meh. And she's like, I'm not yellow. I'm like, no, but you know, but her whole family situation, that's why she thought she was yellow and she would do yellow things and that's fine. But it kind of like awakens you to like, wait a second, I'm not this way. I was taught to be this way and it's kind of stuck some things because some things are like useful to me in my life, but that's not really who I am is just what I do because there's a difference between who you are and what you do. And understanding your inner child stuff will unlock that for you. And it brings you back, and this is the big one, all right? It brings you back to an unaltered state of abundance. Think about a baby, all right? You're in the hospital. This is what happens. They just like hand you a baby. That's what happens. It's like the weirdest thing when you're a new mom. It's like, you're just giving me that? It's like, yeah, we're just giving you that. (laughs) It's like, okay. 
and that baby's just sitting there, like, mm, like looking at you. And the baby's energy is complete abundance. Babies don't ask, where am I getting my food from? Who's holding me? Who's loving me? It just, it's like in a perfect situation, in a good situation, in the situation we all deserve and should have had. And if you didn't, that's really unfortunate. But in the state that it's supposed to be, you are completely accepting of anything that's being given to you. And you don't question your self-worth for receiving it. Food, of course. Things, warmth, love, care, concern. You just take it. You're in an unaltered state of abundance. We have to get back to that, people. That's why we have issues with money and relationships and our own harmful practices to ourselves, because we left that absolutely natural state of abundance. Unconditional abundance. You have done nothing. You have done nothing in your life that has resulted in you not being worth everything you want. You just being here is enough. And infants, when you're an infant, at some point, you had that. Hopefully, longer periods than other times. If you had like a good childhood or good caretakers, hopefully longer times you had that. But even if not, for some amount of time you had that, you were born that way. And we can return to that. And that helps us with receiving, receiving love, receiving money, receiving comfort and stability and unconditional acceptance when we connect to that back. And we can do that through our inner child work. We get away from our inner child through just, you know, parents, we all do it. I've done it to my kids, you know, don't do that. Come on, hurry along. We don't got time to look at the flower all day. Let's go. Come on, we got to go. All right. Um, I don't know, you can't have ice cream for dinner. <laughs> Sometimes it's benign stuff. Sometimes it's, it's, it's negative things that they've done. Um, societal expectations. All right silly to do this or it's a time waste to do that if you're not making money this is why we stop playing if you're not making money the thing you enjoy isn't important I mean that's like a societal expectation why are you coloring in that coloring book like what what a waste of time why are you doing that puzzle like what a waste of time why are why do you have your camera out photographing your garden what a waste of time you make money no why are you doing that why that's society Okay, that gets you away from yourself, your inner child aura. We want to fit in. You don't want to, I mean, this is what I'm seeing with my middle schooler now, you know, dropping things because they want to fit in. It's a terrible thing to see, you know, but it's society, it's peer groups, it's what happens. Um, And not giving enough time for what we love, you know, not allowing us space to explore the things we love, not allowing ourselves to play anymore. How does it feel when you have an inner child, a, a wounded inner child? You can, you've become a pleaser because everybody else's environmental feelings, thoughts, and emotions and judgments are more important than your own because you were taught that. I'll be a good girl for the teacher or we don't do this in you know, this space because people will look at you or this is how we behave. Again, things we have to teach our kids in our society, but at the same time, it takes us away from it. It's kind of a double-edged sword. You mask emotions. That's something that you do if you have a wounded inner child. You know, you're sad and you're like, I'm great, I'm fine. You ever stubbed your toe and it really flip and hurts, but you're in front of everybody? So you're like, oh no, it's fine. Then you go home and you're like, oh my God, I think it's broken. Because <laughs> you just can't tell people. What do kids do when they get hurt? They lay down on the floor. It's like the end of times. Okay. Like, that's an extreme example, but other ways too, you know, somebody says something to you that's rude and you, and you just laugh it off. Ha ha ha. Okay. You know, that's a more extreme version. Worth is your productivity. If I'm not doing something, I'm not worth anything. Children don't, that's not natural. That's not a natural thing. That's not real. That's societal produced nonsense. It's not real. Um, you don't like conflict. Kids, kids, kids are fine with conflict. I mean, have you ever been to a preschool? <laughs> Okay, so much drama. All right, but they get over it. Like it's not the end of the world. They tattle on each other, and then they're playing two seconds later. You know, <laughs> but like as adults, we're like, oh my gosh, we can't have conflict. 
this is awful, you know, anxiety and all that. You're not great at boundaries. Kids are great at boundaries. No, I don't want to play that. No, I'm not playing with you. If you play it that way, I'm not playing with you. Yeah, they're very, they're great at boundaries. You can't touch that. You can come to my room, but you're not allowed to touch that. Can you imagine saying that to somebody in your house? Come on in. You want to say it to them, but you can't. <laughs> so like things like that. Again, there's more extreme examples than not. Um, and you can't deal with any critique, even gentle criticism. Kids, kids deal with it all the time. You know, just if you have a kid and you're doing homework with them after school, like I am like, okay, let's, let's work on your letter B. Let's make that a little better. Or, you know, they get credit. Kids can handle criticism. It's actually real gentle criticism. That's constructive. They can handle that. And it, it really shouldn't hurt you when you get told something gently and kindly for the purpose of your own betterment. Um, but that's a symptom of a, a wounded inner child if you can't handle any critique and you shut down. So when I do readings, I think the number one thing I notice is people don't know how to be themselves. They're like, who am I? What am I? I feel so distanced from joy. I don't know how to walk the bridge to feeling authentically happy. I get that a lot. It's a terrible condition of our society, actually. And I'll see the quickest way to do that is it's time to connect with your inner child aura. So I'll look at like your kid picture and I'll be like, okay, let me see you as a kid. You know, a lot of times I see, I just read a kid the other, like, well, an adult the other day, but she gave me her kid picture and she was like, so confident. She was purple blue as a kid. So confident. And, you know, she was like, oh my gosh, like, I see all this going on and I know mom's upset or brother's this or dad's that. You know, there was just this kind of inner knowing that her intuition was correct, which is the purple. And she had like a feistiness and honesty to her. But then I saw her picture like later on in life, like adolescence. And it was sad because you could tell she got shot down a lot because then her, her blue was really washed out and I couldn't even see the purple. And then as an adult, I could tell she was, she was really working on getting it all back, you know. And how do we get back to that confident feisty, like exactly who you are person. How do we get to that? Because I'll see little kids like three, four, five, six years old. They know themselves better than like a 40-year-old woman knows herself. And it's because they got that inner child aura thing going on. So connecting back to that is, is how you get it done. Um. There's this subconscious agreement that we end up making that who we are isn't worth the time. It's only what we do and who we can be to other people and how we're perceived. And you have to drop all that or at least be aware of it when you're working on your inner child aura stuff. So, so finding your inner child aura, it's about finding you and it's a hugely healing thing to do. And it's a lot of fun. That's the other thing. I had a reading with a woman and spirit. Sometimes like your spirit guides will just say something like they, I, I think like with me, they love to drop quotes. So I'm like, whoa, it's like a quote. <laughs> but this was so good. I'm like, I think a lot of people could benefit from this woman's message. So this was the message straight up from her spirit guides. This is what they said. Be present in your own presence. Because she had the same thing. Like, how do I be me? How do I figure myself out? Like, how do I exist and feel good about something because you always feel like you're on the way to something like I have to be working on something or I have to journey on something or I have to do something well honestly no like you just have to be present in your own presence just participate in your own life like flip and have fun today and so let's talk about eight ways that you can do that now there's so many ways that you can do this and I'm sure you can think of your own ways but these are things that have come up that really hit home for me and for my clients in readings. So these are the ones that have come up in readings that I wanted to bring up. So I think these are fun. And, and listen, you don't have to be weird. You don't have to do like weird stuff to connect to your inner child aura. You know what I mean? Like I think some people think they have to go like join a finger painting class or something. <laughs> like, it's okay. We, we can do this in a way. We, we can do baby steps to finding your inner child aura where you don't, where you don't feel like silly. And you can look absolutely sane finding your inner child aura. You don't have to be skipping down a hill by yourself. I mean, go do that. And I think that's awesome. And we won't judge you. 
over at the MMSF. <laughs> but, you know, I get it if you're worried about other people judging you. Okay. Number one, and this is my favorite kids books. Oh, kids books. Kids books. What was your favorite book as a kid? What was your favorite book as a kid? Like what is still in your head? I had two. Rainbow Bright. Freaking love Rainbow Bright. Kind of makes sense now. The colors. Okay. I liked her because she did all the colors. <laughs> Who's your favorite Rainbow Bright character? Oh, yes. I am a child of the 80s. I'm aging myself. So I love Rainbow Bright. And Angelina Ballerina was my other one. And let me tell you, I love reading those books to my kids. And even now, I'll get them from the library when we go. And it's like, you read them to me. And I, kids' books are great. I mean, even kids' books that you find new, newer kids' books that your kids like or... I don't know that you just see them like advertised or whatever, like go over. <laughs> we went to the bookstore the other day and I don't know if you ever read the pigeon on the bus series, like don't let the pigeon drive the bus. Oh my gosh. I love those books. They're so funny. And uh, there was one I hadn't read before. Like don't let the, like the pigeon goes to school or something. And I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't read this one by that. And me, like I just read it out loud at the bookstore. My kid was with me and it's just fun. It's just fun. And it really lets you see into your interests. Like if you read books from when you were a kid, like your interests. And even if not, it connects you to those like kid themes. I mean, some books can just make you cry, like Velveteen Rabbit. All right. Like I love that book too, but it makes me cry. But I love that book because you a runaway bunny. Okay. I, we could go on. We'll continue that talk over on the MMSF because I know you all have amazing recommendations too. And it's just a great way to connect with that inner child aura. Number two, I don't want to. I don't freaking want to. I don't want to do that. Okay. There is absolutely nothing wrong with saying you don't want to do something. Kids say it all the time. We're going grocery shopping. Well, I don't want to, you know, you ever say that you know, if you have kids, like you hear that all the time. And then you're like, well, I, mommy doesn't want to either, but we have to eat, okay? You know, so it's just, I don't want to, but at least connect with your I don't want to. It doesn't always mean that you can't. Sometimes you can see if there's a choice, but I don't want to is a great way to connect with your inner child aura. Just taking a second to ask yourself, like, do I want to do this? It's a scary thing to ask because you could be driving to the job you hate. And then in your head, you're like your little child, your inner child aura is like, hey, I don't want to. And you're like, yeah. It's a good idea. Let's quit. <laughs> and that can happen. And that is why a lot of, that's why your ego doesn't want you to go back to your inner child aura because you're going to change up your life probably a lot when you do it. But one step at a time, at least connect with your, I don't want to, don't be scared of what you don't want to do. Allow yourself that connection. Number three, circle the catalog. Okay. This is like a real thing. My daughter's got the American Girl Doll Company catalog. Thing's amazing. Brings me right back to eight years old. And they know what they're doing. Like everything's online now, but I don't know. If you have kids or you know kids, it's like getting that catalog. It's like fun. Even my kids, like who are digital age children, they like to circle what they want in the catalog. It's just fun. Why don't you do that? Doesn't mean you have to buy it. It means you can go through I don't know if you all get it, but Amazon sends out their Christmas catalog. It's like the coolest thing ever. Like, just go through it. Be like, what are they playing with now? Oh my God, I totally want that. I totally want that. I totally want that. It's just fun. It's just a fun thing to do. It's fun to do it with a kid too, if you can, but you don't have to do it with a kid. You know, if you're at the park, get on the swing. Just do it. See how far you can go. See if you can still jump off it. <laughs> if that's... If that's available to you, please don't get hurt. You know, go on the water slide. Do, do the thing. We went to um, a gator park because I'm in Florida. That's what you do here. And uh, there was like this option you could hold a baby gator. And all the adults were like, no, no, no. And I'm like, oh, don't hold that. I'm going to hold it. I want to touch it. Why not? You know, you don't have to not do something just because you think it's for kids. And it was fun. They're very soft. Um, okay, five, be curious. You know, kids ask a lot of questions. They're really invested in things, in minutia. They're really invested in it. Um, get on that level. 
you know, take take your time. Touch stuff you're interested in. Is that slimy? Is that fun? Like, what is that? How do you do this? How do you use that? What You know, ask the questions. Being really curious is a wonderful way to open your inner child aura. I mean, like, you can even do this, in, you know, if you're working in a corporate environment and they have, like, a guest speaker. Maybe there's something really interesting that you noticed. Go up to them. Ask them questions. Be curious. Ask questions. We get so used to dismissing our curiosity, but that's such a quick way to connect with your inner child. Or if something's interesting to you, even if there's no point to it, or you're like, oh, forget it. I just want to go home instead of ask this question or go back to my office instead of ask this question. Go ask the question. Why not, right? Six, you know, spend time with kids, spend time with pets, you know, spend time with places and people that are very present and fun and joyful. You know, you can borrow their joy too. Um, You know, you can borrow a kid's joy. I ever go to the park. Woo. You know, they're so excited. Like borrow it. You know, if you have an animal, I'll just infuse pets in here too, because they have the same amazing like connection to spirit, like little kids do borrow their joy. Like they love going for that walk, even if it's nothing, (laughs) you know, borrow it. Like, oh my gosh, you're smelling that patch of grass. What is so interesting about that? Let me take a look. Um, and you know what else? Like with with the spending time with kids and pets, they don't care about, they don't think about like that's gonna get me messy and I have to ride home wet <laughs> or something. Like they don't worry about that. So maybe notice that oh, I don't wanna put my head underwater at the beach today because I don't know, I'm gonna have to blow dry it tomorrow. It's like a whole thing. Like, like maybe let it go, you know? I don't want to walk through that part of the grass because my shoes are going to get muddy. Like maybe let it go. Maybe, maybe wear different shoes next time too. You know, like just make space in your life to get messy, make space in your life to play, make space in your life to do those things. Number seven, get a childhood photo of yourself and make it like your screen backdrop or something on your phone or stick it on your dashboard or stick it on your computer or frame it. And just somewhere where you see it a lot and and talk to yourself. Like, hey, little me, how are we playing today? How are we doing today? How am I going to listen to you today? And and number eight, I have cook up your favorite food from childhood and just enjoy it. Mine used to be tuna fish and alphabet soup. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do it. But maybe you can do yours. (laughs) I don't think I can do tuna fish anymore. It grosses me out. But maybe you can do your thing. Or just go to like the ice cream parlor and get the most ridiculous thing. And please don't worry about like calories (laughs) because that's so boring. (laughs) And little kids don't worry about that. (laughs) So finally, and finally, forgive yourself for the stuff that wasn't your fault. That's the other thing. Forgive yourself for the stuff that wasn't your fault. There were people around you that may have put blame on you for things that happened. But ask yourself, go and look at that situation. Like I was three and they left me, you know, alone in this situation and then that happened and then they yelled at me. If something stands out to you from your childhood that feels like you were yelled at and you felt very much at fault for something. Because kids, you've made an agreement. And what a lot of this inner child work will do is break agreements. So forgive yourself for the stuff that really wasn't your responsibility. Somebody else should have uh, noticed the context you were in and took taken you out of it. Okay, I hope this helps. I hope this helps you connect with your inner child aura. And I want to hear all the ways that you do this over on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Facebook page. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, just to follow up with the inner child aura theme, I asked members over on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page what their favorite book was as a kid. Because we talked, we, I just talked about that. And what their aura color is. And I was trying to, I'm like, all right, let's see if there's some correlation between aura colors and types of books kids like. Um, because I thought like, okay, maybe the indigo kids might all like the kind of more deeper kind of emotional ones with the emotional undertones. Whereas maybe the tricolor kids would like the more quirky books or something like that. But 
Looking at everyone's, that's yeah. all. Yeah, I think every in true children fashion, everybody likes books. But like, yeah, yeah, and, and kids like all sorts of books. Yeah, you know, and usually the, there's favorites too. Right, like Brie and Abby, they like different. Like I remember, what did Brie use to like? She used to like um, Pinkalicious or yeah. And Abby hated that. Abby didn't like that. Yeah, Brie loved Brie's red and purple, and she loved Pinkalicious and Fancy Nancy. Fancy Nancy, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, she loved Fancy and Nancy. Abby. Who's turquoise and purple? She doesn't like books about real girly characters. Okay, that's just not yeah, her she thing. Was never, she tried Fancy Nancy a little, but wasn't because into that either. And it's crazy because like she wants to do everything her sister wants to do. So right. you'd think, yeah. But she was always way more into books about like children going through something or things that had kind of a more wackier theme or. Um, I can't even like more like animals she was into. Like I, I had to struggle to find books that she was into. Right, but, right. But yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe there really isn't a correlation. Yeah, I couldn't really you... find a correlation. Okay. So looking at like like the Giving Tree, uh, a lot of people wrote that one. Like Shauna wrote she liked the Giving Tree. She's Indigo, Velveteen Rabbit, which oh, yeah. is also yeah, another one. one yeah. yeah, but a lot of kids like that. And Kelly wrote that, and she's Yellow Purple Corduroy. Do you remember the Corduroy books? No, no. Oh my God. Brie loved the corduroy books. Um, blue. Brittany put that down. She's blue. Stella Luna. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a big one. But that Good, good Night Moon? Is that oh, Good Night Moon. Put that? Yeah. People put Good Night Moon. Yeah. I'm like, what else? Oh, the Rainbow Fish. A lot of tricolored people did say that they like the Rainbow Fish, okay. I have to say. Well, where so the Wild Things where are. Where the Wild Things are. That's yeah. got to be your thing. Yeah. That was a big one. Caitlin, put, Caitlin C. put that one down. She's. um. Blue green, but I can okay. see it. You know, yeah, I like. I can see that being green. But I like that. I like that book too. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm indigo purple. I love that book. Um, what else? That's funny. Michelle Salvis put "Good Night, Good Night" construction site. <laughs> I've never oh. read that one. That must, that must be newer. Is she green? That's that funny. sounds like a green one. She is green. Oh, okay. yeah, she yeah. is green. Um, I used to love the the Berenstein Bears too, and everyone like a lot of people. Oh, Berenstein Bears! Yeah, everyone loved that. I mean, didn't everyone love the Berenstein Bears? That's what I mean. Like, I wasn't finding any aura correlation, so it just became like a fun thread (laughs) that everybody put on. Um, But I think if I had to say, like overall, it seems like the greens tend to like the ones that are a little more um, like Narnia. Or sci-fi okay. kind of things like that. Hungry Caterpillar, a lot of yellows yeah. picked that one up. Um, what else? Like Alice in Wonderland, a lot of uh, some indigos put that one down. Uh, I Love You Forever, okay. you know, a lot of purple blues were into that one. My sec- The Secret Garden, some turquoises mm-hmm. wrote that one down. So I, I think it's fun. So take a check, you know, go check out that thread because I feel like it's a fun way to tap into like you know your inner child aura and just kind of reawaken that all right well speaking of books i got this book now the well first i'm gonna just call overtime right overtime Overtime is being called there's no question here and you're gonna want to run yes please go you're gonna want to go time for you to go run no reason to stay (laughs) um I saw the thread on the Mystic Michaela spiritual family. This this isn't for children anymore. Yeah, again, overtime. <laughs> I Jumanji overtime. Okay, and they were there was this thread about oh. like weird genre of graphic novels. I don't know what you call them, romance novels. Yeah, that involve like creatures and people. I think it's like supernatural erotica. Yeah. And did the flirtles bring this to your attention? Yes, the Wednesday. So explain that. Yes, my Wednesday night discussion group <laughs> brought this to my attention. And then I checked the post, and on the post was someone had put this book, "Erotic Encounters with the Mothman." Oh Meredith meets the Mothman. Now I was in Scott's presence when he was reading this post for the first time. It's kind of like. What people might have thought of when they first discovered the moon or something. You were like, what? This exists? How does this exist? <laughs> you were- Why does this exist? <laughs> and now I need a copy. <laughs> like that's, that's the series of actions that your brain went Exactly. Into. You know, and I went on to Amazon. You know, it's a, obviously I think it's, self, it's self-published. It's like <laughs> kind of like a, a pamphlet more than right. a book, I guess. Uh, the author, of course, is from 
South Florida, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> South Florida sense purple, that, baby. South Florida purple. She looks like a purple. Got her picture on the cover, on the back cover. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not, you know, we're on the discussion group. They're, they're talking about it. So I'm like, you know what? All right. I'm just going to buy it. So right there, I share my screen. I put on my Amazon. Yeah. And I buy it right there. Everyone's like, oh, my God. He just bought it. He bought it. <laughs> <laughs> he bought it. Uh, okay. Whatever. So I get it. And, you know, I, I, I did not read the whole thing. I don't I read, know, Scott. I, read. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you've been enjoying it. Well, I'm going to invite the waiter over. No, just <laughs> All right. So, so I figured so we'd happening? have story. I figured we'd have story time. Oh, my. And I am now going to read... <laughs> A passage from Erotic Encounters. Children, leave with the room. The Mothman. Leave the room. I reiterate overtime. <laughs> overtime. Jumanji, Jumanji, Jumanji. Okay. All right. Now, I, I did pick this is a very graphic book, by the way. There's <laughs> things that happen in here to Mothy that I don't even know. Like, just like going to the Japanese restaurant. I don't know things. I don't know things here either. Oh, this is. A whole new world. Yes. So I'll, you know. Are you going to get any ideas? Apparently. I'm a little nervous <laughs> of our these, next two Jumanji these two, time together. These two women are taken to Mothman's home. Apparently he has a home. So that's, I guess, where he goes when he wasn't fly. You know, when people spotted him and then they oh. couldn't find him. Then he went to home. So I'm going to read where he, about his house. Okay. This is about Mothman. I'm curious. Yes. And now, oddly enough, I am curious. This is the Point Pleasant Mothman, by the way. Great. That we're referring to. Okay. okay again, overtime, overtime. The walls were covered with all manner of pictures, posters, paintings, large movie place cards, advertisements, even newspaper clippings. Okay. So apparently he reads. The Mothman could read. Apparently. He, he yeah. reads about himself. Yeah. Against the back wall stood an enormous set of shelving that reached halfway to the ceiling and ran the entire length of the wall. He's a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, he's a carpenter. <laughs> Every shelf was packed to, the, to overflowing with things. He's a hoarder. He's a hoarder. The, the, yeah. Stacks upon stacks of books, magazines, clocks, lamps, clothing, tools, dishes. It was impossible to see everything at all at once. It simply was too much. Oh. I mean, he has so many things. He's, a, um, he's not a minimalist. She, he's not. <laughs> she slowly moved further. In, that's maybe why he was constantly going out at night okay. to get these things. Yeah. This makes sense. She slowly moved further into the room, almost unaware she was doing it. One corner of the room was set up as a kitchen, oh. complete with refrigerator and stove. Both appliances <laughs> clean and shiny. I mean, and he's a, and he's a neat freak. He's a yellow. Mothy's a yellow. He could be a yellow. He's a yellow. Mothman's a yellow. A lengthy wooden rectangular table, polished to a rich glossy shine, stood opposite against the opposite wall, occupied by giant giant bowls filled with all manners of fruits and vegetables. Oh, whoa. Further down against the farthest wall in the room was the biggest bed Meredith had ever seen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if I, if you go further than page 34. Right. The book is only like 48 pages. It, it starts to get. It starts to get mothy. 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 All right. Let me, let me move forward. I'm going to move forward here. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. Dare you. Here we go. Now. Well. Okay. Overtime. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay. Meredith felt her body being lift, lifted up off the table. His blank. Okay. Yeah. Censor that. <laughs> okay. Was still there as he spread his wings to their full span. I wish you guys could see my face right now. She inhaled <laughs> sharply, gripping Ew. his upper arms tight. Ew. Her feet locked around. And okay. So. <laughs> There's an, and happening? there's another, there's three of them. It's, it's Wait, three. Wait, what? There's two ladies and the Mothman. So he's having a menage a moth? Ma yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a menage a Mothman. Yes. yes. Oh. All right. Oh. Can we add this? <laughs> Just add this. Oh, okay. You know. I want you to keep going though. <laughs> I can't. I'm dying. Okay. Maybe to be continued in a further overtime. All right. Yes. Okay. If we get requests for more, we'll definitely read more from that book. I don't know. I don't know if I can. All right. Well, this podcast, believe it or not, is for you and about you. And we're so glad you spent some time with us today. 